Okay, welcome back to the Motive Podcast, where we want to help you solve life's hardest problems and like the way you feel. I'm Shaden, your host, and I'm with my awesome co-host, Bree, and we're stoked because we're doing this addiction, what do we want to, it's not a seminar. <laughs> I was just going to say trilogy, because that's like the movie thing, but yeah, there we go. it's not a trilogy, really. A series. We don't, we don't that's know the what word. I'm like, what's the word? It's <laughs> series. It's a series. The addiction series. And so we uh, we just did uh, podcast number one, which I hope you listened to last week, and it talked about uh, the motive method mm-hmm. and all of the principles in that motive method, which, which we continued to call ubiquitous. Wait, well, not technically number one. If you're looking through numbers, sorry. Oh, Who yeah. knows it? It'll be number like 18 or so. But number yeah. one of our series. Which would, yeah. <laughs> it'll be about addiction. Just in case people are confused. It should be the one right before this one. Because we're doing these back to back to back, aren't we? Yep. Okay. So we're excited because we're gonna break we're gonna break a few of those principles down. They're one of the principles. If you didn't listen to it, honestly, you might want to just pause this and and go to the the one before it. Yeah. If you're just clicking on this randomly, you're gonna be better off. I promise. Yep. So, so what we're gonna do now is we well we did the if you you know the motive method now that had the we have our hope, mm-hmm. we have our motive, which is our our hopes hope. And our hopes, hopes, hope, the deep, infinite motive. We have to have our beliefs about ourselves. We have to have a process and we need to have a mentor. But in the center of that, there's the problem. Mm -hmm. So we had, we've already done a podcast on motive in general. Yeah. Okay. So we're not going to break that one down. Yeah. Yeah. That's like for everything. So go back and listen to that one. Yeah. And then, but today we're going to, or in this one, we're just going to jump into the, the problem. Mm-hmm. first we're going to define addiction a little bit better right yep like what is addiction and i think a lot bust some of the myths surrounding addiction Ooh. Ooh. big time let's <laughs> see and i love it because brie is in great control of her life <laughs> <laughs> she's not perfect for sure but uh she this weird th- she's got a lot of curiosity <laughs> about addiction which is good so i want you know brie just keep, well, keep have that that yeah curiosity. i just think it's something you see There's everybody no stupid questions yeah everybody knows someone who's an addict yeah it's not something anyone gets away from sure you know absolutely so okay what's the question well so i really wanted to talk about uh, i guess like what addiction is and, and then some of the false beliefs that are like what are, it isn't and yeah like, I think it's, I've always thought it was a hereditary thing. Yeah. And you're going to say that's wrong. I'm going to so say that's go not the, through I'm going to say it's definitely not the full picture at all. Yeah. So, so let's go through some of those beliefs about what addiction actually is. Okay. And anyone out there, obviously, you're totally welcome to disagree with me. Yeah. Uh, but I have spent great, I've, I've spent a great deal of time studying, reading, and I'm in the trenches. Yeah. I was going to say, you treat time. a lot of people with addiction. And so... And I've had my own, so it's it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a book if for anybody who is struggling with any type of addiction, you must read, and it is called The Unbroken Brain. Okay. And Mia Solovitz is a world-renowned child trauma expert, and I would give her now an addiction expert, and easily mm-hmm. she she shares her story in her book again called The Unbroken Brain, where she talks about almost dying from. Um, I think heroin was her drug of choice. Really? Heroin overdose. She's autistic or she's on the Asper- she's on the spectrum with Asperger's. Mm-hmm. And she um is an, also a Columbia grad. So she like almost dies, gets her life back in order, goes to Columbia and is now huh. like this world renowned. She helped write the book The Boy Raises a Dog, 
So okay. she's a she's a world-renowned child attachment. Uh, for anybody who knows about attachment theory, that's a uh, put that one on the list. Another podcast we need to do. Oh yes, she's awesome. She's a, and she's brilliant. So in her book, I'm going to read some of it because I want everyone who listens to please just believe me outright. <laughs> and if you can't, it, then study it yourself. But I hope you can come to the same conviction as I have that addiction is learned. Okay. It is a developmental. And I think that's problem. not something most people, I think I've always heard my whole life, addiction is hereditary. So she breaks the genetic and disease model mm -hmm. saying that, yeah, like we can talk about it from those ways. But the problem is the genetic model and the disease model portray a stereotype and they, it portrays someone when you say the an addict. Mm -hmm. Most people, they they have this picture of who that is. It's it's like a prejudice almost Yeah. that they they wouldn't assume that their accountant who is an amazing person who's doing really good work could like when he ends up dying from an accidental drug overdose uh -huh. they would have never thought it yeah because he didn't fit the stereotype yeah and so the disease means it, it, you know is it something that we can never get rid of she doesn't agree she believes that although you might have a predisposition for something like if she started heroin again i mean just be jumped right back in it yeah but it is, in other words, addiction is totally, re you can absolutely recover from it, but we have to understand where it's coming from. Okay. Genetics would say that the, you know, your, 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 the parents before you and, and maybe, maybe even beyond that, uh, had addictions themselves and they have this, uh, you know, they call it an addictive personality is what people say yeah, in the world. Yep. And she debunks that very quickly. There's no research that backs that up. Interesting. There isn't a thing like an addictive personality, which I think is comforting. I don't know. <laughs> I remember as a kid being like afraid of certain things I didn't understand. One of those mm -hmm. being HIV and okay. AIDS because I'm a product of, you know, like the 80s. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, that was terrifying, like that I would just randomly go to the bathroom somewhere and catch AIDS. Yeah. You know, I, was I also, remember that actually. Yeah. I was also afraid of things like kidnappers and white vans. Uh-huh. Because that was also yeah. a big Stranger deal. danger. Yeah. But having an addictive personality was another one of them. Yeah. Because it was always talked about. And I come from, you know, my mom, and she won't mind if I say this, but so her dad was an addict, was an alcoholic, um, very abusive, you know. And so then how that has trickled down through their family, mm -hmm. you know, has been interesting. And I think that that's something that... um I'm not going to, she's, she might tell me I'm wrong on this, but I think that that's a, a fear of like, am I going to be addicted mm -hmm. because of my parents and some, you know, some, some of her family members who struggle with that problem, Yep. you know, so it's something that I thought about. Yeah. I but think that that's, that was a common thing. And see how cool it is because what your mom did is exactly what Mia would talk about is your mom. She broke that. Changed the environment mm -hmm. because could there be genetic predispositions that they're called epigenetics that could have been passed on yes mm -hmm. that can happen but consider those a little bit like buttons that the environment gets to push mm -hmm. and if the environment doesn't push the need to find something to to find something to cope with which is where they're learned yeah then the addiction doesn't have it can't it doesn't do anything there's so no like purchase, my daughter no lula mm -hmm. my daughter nia my son Justin and my other son Jacoby, so all four of my kids, mm -hmm. all had all had heavy amounts of nicotine in them mm -hmm. when they were born. Nia or Lula, my youngest, had crack in mm -hmm. her in her blood when she was born. She's not. There's no addiction. She didn't. 
Yeah. She didn't learn she anything. She didn't born addicted to. She was born dependent mm-hmm. in a way. And she luckily for her, though, she didn't have withdrawals, which was really cool, which shows she wasn't super dependent. Uh-huh. But dependence is what shows that, that your body biologically is desiring said thing. Gotcha. That there's, 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 and so without it, you have a physiological or a, or a, a very physical effect mm-hmm. that's saying I'm, I'm hurting. So when somebody jumps off alcohol, jumps off nicotine, then there's this effect that just, I want it so bad and I'm in pain mm-hmm. because your body's adjusting. Mm-hmm. So she didn't. So because of that though, the crack never did anything to take away my daughter's emotions. Yeah. And that's where addiction is learned. Okay. Okay. So let me read this. I'm going to read this right <laughs> from her book. Okay. And she wrote in both, and cause you've never ADD. Well, I'll just, I'll just read in both autism and addictions. For example, repetitive coping behaviors are frequently misinterpreted as the source of the problem rather than being seen as attempts at solutions. In fact, severely neglected children often develop autistic-like behavior, such as constantly rocking as a way to soothe or stimulate themselves. And maltreated children often appear to have ADHD because they are hypervigilant to, quote, distractions like the sound of a door slamming. In all these conditions, including autism itself, repetitive, vigilant, or destructive behaviors are not usually the primary problem. Instead, they are typically a coping mechanism, a way to try to manage an environment that frequently feels threatening or overwhelming. Similarly, addictive behavior is often a search for safety or soothing or, yeah, Yeah. those two words are perfect, rather than an attempt to rebel or a selfish turn inward. And then she wrote in, in parentheses, a charge previously made against autistic children as well. So then she goes on, and I'll read this one more one more thing. Critically, addiction is not created simply by exposure to drugs, nor is it, is it the inevitable outcome of having a certain personality type or genetic background, though these factors play a role. Mm-hmm. Instead, addiction is a learned relationship between the timing and pattern of the exposure to substance, substances or other potential addictive experiences and person's predispositions, cultural and physical environment, and social and emotional needs. Brain maturation stage is also important. Addiction is far less common in people who use drugs for the first time after age 25, and it often remits with or without treatment among people in their mid-20s, just as the brain becomes fully adult. Hmm. That's fascinating. That right there, I mean, she wrote, her book is long, it's intense. Mm -hmm. It's filled with so much, that could have been it. Yeah. That summarizes where we need to be with our when we understand addiction i had someone come in not too long ago and it was such a a cool statement that this person it was in a it it was in a it was a spiritual thing for this person she had she had been really struggling with with an addiction and she uh she was praying and she, she 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 had this thought that came into her that said it's time to grow up and she knew that that what that meant was it's time for it's time for me to learn to cope with something that is in a way that's mature yeah in a way that's healthy and it's because of rather the, than turning to an addiction uh-huh okay and it's because of the 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 lack of shame that she was able to experience in realizing that i'm not broken 
Mm-hmm. I'm not a disease. Like it's something that I've learned and yeah. which creates hope that I can unlearn it. Yeah. Well, that was my thought when you're reading that was, I think that that would give a tremendous amount of hope to people who feel like, okay, because my parents were addicts then I'm automatically in trouble, you know, or because like Lula, you're saying, you know, as she grows up, it, obviously she has you guys to help her. But if I, I can imagine as a child growing up, knowing that they potentially had an addiction as a baby. Cause you hear that, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, the baby was addicted. Yeah. That I, I would imagine that would be back there at some point thinking, Oh crap, it's going to come out as an adult and I'm going to be addicted. Yeah. You know, I know that that's, I know that, uh, from conversations that that is a fear Yeah. that a lot of people have. Instead, Lula and my children need to know. And if I some, for some reason died, I hope they listen to this, <laughs> but that is, they, they need to know that they have a predisposition to become dependent and addicted quicker mm-hmm. and more fiercely, very likely yeah. than would someone who didn't have that experience. And so the environment that my wife and I create of safety mm-hmm. where they don't have to seek other things for soothing is everything. Yeah. It's everything. This is interesting. I'm going to share this. I hope. Well, okay. I'm just going to, um, so this is something my husband and I have talked about because he has two siblings who are addicts. And it's interesting to see where they fit in a family of seven kids. And it's something I think that is been there once in a while in his mind. Like, what if, you know, why them and not me? Or do I potentially have that within me? Mm -hmm. You know, but if you look at the timing of these two siblings, they were teenagers when their parents went through divorce and some other things happened in their family, you know, and and the family life really became unstable. Yeah. And so... You know, there were the adult children, there were the young, young children, and then there were these children. They yeah. were kind of uh, essentially the wrong age and impacted in a way that, you know, they became addicts. And it made me think of that because you think, you know, the context and the emotion, the situation, then it becomes learned because they're trying to sue themselves, you know, perhaps away from that and the mm-hmm. fight or whatever was happening. And they turned to the drugs instead. Yeah. Does that mean, is that what you're, Mm -hmm. that's what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad in anything that you just said, but I, that's why. No, I don't feel bad, but that's like what I'm processing in my brain. Is that, is that how? I know, but what mm -hmm. I'm saying, what I'm saying is that's why I actually avoid, I avoid labeling anyone as an addict. Yeah. I don't like that they became an addict. Yeah. I avoid saying that now based on what I, now that I understand things. Yeah. First off, I don't love labels anyway, Mm -hmm. but number two, it, 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 implies a permanency which implies disease mm-hmm. or gen- like kind of the genetic thing yeah. and a lack of hope and so you'll hear me most often say struggling with an, an addiction, addiction. Mm-hmm. and and we just posted something on instagram about this about labeling someone as an addict and how that changes you know the way that you feel their, your interactions with them and i can't remember exactly what it said but you know on instagram we did we did post something about that and i was like yeah uh, makes let me sense. let me read you this too from her book he'll sh- let's see here we'll see how addiction affects a very specific type of learning involving ancient brain pathways that evolved to promote survival and reproduction since those are the fundamental tasks of any biological organism they produce highly motivated behavior when starving when in love and when parenting being able to persist despite negative consequences the essence of addictive behavior is not a bug, but a, fe- a feature, as programmers say. 
Mm. So like if you look at like mm-hmm. di- programming software, yeah, uh, it can be the difference between life and death beca- between success and failure. However, when brain pathways intended to promote eating, social connection, reproduction, and parenting are diverted into addiction. Mm. And now think of pornography. Yeah. <laughs> you throw that into those yeah. autobahns, mm-hmm. like huge freeway systems in your brain, their blessings can become curses. Hmm. Which is why when they say, can pornography become addicting in the ex- very moment one sees it? Yes. Because yeah. from, from the learning, from when you when you approach it from a learned behavior mm-hmm. or a learned thing, that experience, I mean, I'll never forget the first time I saw pornography when I was 11. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it was, and I don't have a memory. Like, I don't remember my childhood. Yeah. No, but you it, don't. <laughs> it was like, like, I think I was like floating. Mm-hmm. It felt like I was floating mm-hmm. on my, on this chair, that this stupid kid showed me on his <laughs> computer. But I remember that and it's, it, it was, it was super powerful, right? Mm-hmm. That's what occurs. That creates a memory. It creates a, a connection in the, a neurological connection. So she says, love and addiction. This is, this is, I don't fully comprehend this, but I'm going to read it anyway. <laughs> love and addiction are alterations of the same brain circuits, which is why caring and connection are essential to recovery. Let me say that one more time. Yeah. Love and addiction are alterations of the same brain circuits, which is why caring and connection are essential to recovery. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. And that's why, in my opinion, without Christ, without Jesus, Mm -hmm. without God, without connection, Mm -hmm. I don't care if you believe in them. It's, do you believe them for you? Yeah. Do do you actually have a relationship? Yeah. And why that mentor part. And then at least, well, because with it. It's got to come in, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. But most people who are avoiding God and avoiding Christ are usually then avoiding connection with people. Mm -hmm. It's it's how it works. And that's interesting, I think, because, you know, that's so what they need but it's so backwards you know what i mean so someone who's struggling with an addiction needs that love and that mentorship and those connections but because of the addiction they're pushing all that away exactly because of the shame Uh uh-huh exactly you just put puzzles pieces together so well yeah that makes sense hence why therapy is my thesis was on the therapeutic relationship Mm -hmm. so the client the client therapist relationship and how important that is yeah my the research that all that I gathered and the ones and the and the research I actually did, it validates that it was like more than fifty percent of change in therapy has to do with the connection you have with the person in the room. Oh, interesting. So I could be the I could have a PhD, I could be world renowned. It it doesn't mean jack crap if, if they if I can't if we're not a connected mm-hmm. if we're not connecting. So when it comes to addiction, yes, that's especially with drugs. I mean. People stealing your money, you know, if your child, your eighteen-year-old child, stealing your money to go buy drugs. I mean, mm-hmm. there are horror stories that parents can talk about. It's just so hard. It's a, like it's you just hard said, to love them. This, yeah, the cycle is vicious because mm-hmm. it's so hard for them to well, I think be loved. Is it? I was just thinking this as a parent. This is funny. I've told many people this. Um, you know, I think it's. I think you have to separate sometimes. I love you because that, you know, is an infinite thing that I possess. I don't like you. Mm. And that's different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what you think about that, but that's something as a parent I've sometimes have had to, you know, to step back and, and really 
trying times and go, I still love you and I can show that love, but I may not like you or mm-hmm. I may not like what you're doing. Yeah. But because I love you, I have to be the adult and rise above the fact that maybe I don't like you right now. And I can say you know? like I have unconditional love and, but conditional tolerance mm-hmm. and which I think is important for two different things. I think because that's where the enabling comes in. Yeah. You know, because you're my child, because I love you. Oh, I have to enable you. I have to give you money. I have to do this. I can't just separate and watch mm-hmm. you fail. Yeah. Which is actually really, truly loving someone. Yep. You know? Yep. Connection heals. Did I, did I share the rat story on here once? No. Yes. With the family. Yeah. I'll slaughter it, but I'll, I'll say, it, it I'll say it really quickly. It's, I think it's, it's it has to be said. And, and if anybody, if anybody knows the, the actual research from it, I'd love to be sent a copy. I've read it somewhere. I think it's in her book, but I, anyway, Leave so I don't, us a review. I don't know well, the, the exact review, it. but it, it's okay. I just want to be correct, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, they, uh, these, these, this, this group of researchers took these rats, um, and they would put them in a cage. They would take them away from their family and they would put them in a cage by themselves in isolation. And they'd have two water bottles. One water bottle had cocaine in the water. Another water bottle was nothing but water. And inevitably the, the, the mice would, or rats would drink the, uh, the cocaine water till they would die Mm -hmm. every time. And so they, they then took, uh, similar mice from, from again, from their families and they put them in a cage and would get them addicted to cocaine. And then they would join their cages or give them time with their family and then put them back in the cage and then they'd take them out and then put them in their family. Mm-hmm. And the, the rats would go and drink the water hmm. and would not drink the cocaine water when they had family connection, when they were back with their families. Yeah. And so the, uh, the, obviously the correlations to us are, are a hundredfold. Yeah. You know, if a rat would, or a mouse would avoid a drug they're addicted to or something they're addicted to, because of their family i mean what yeah how much more for autonomous you know exactly for Mm -hmm. us it's just it's 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 so important and uh so for you listening that you know you have an addiction you know you probably even have a a a secret about it you will not get better until you connect Mm -hmm. and you and what's keeping you from connecting is the shame you have about your struggle yeah and you need to know that your struggle actually exists because of how much you want to connect yeah interesting and that's a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. and so stop letting satan destroy you and shame you to death and tell you how bad you are because you accidentally or sometimes even on purpose added a feature into your life and learned something that you soothed with Mm -hmm. that had ill effects and you can change you can figure it out you can unlearn it you can replace it most importantly not just stop it but replace it but you, you need help. Yeah. You can't just do it by yourself. It doesn't always mean therapy help, but it, but it does mean something, a, a village, yeah, a village of help around you and, and a whole bunch of accountability. So, so next time we're going to talk about, we're going to, let's get into, um, some belief stuff. Okay. So thanks everybody. Your worth is great and we appreciate all your support.